0: It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. We also have a podcast. Uh, It's just the show on your time, on demand, and you can listen to it anywhere you get your podcasts. So uh, make sure you're subscribed to the Hoffman Show podcast for that. Uh, We are your home, of course, Team 980 for Wizards basketball and This show talks more Wizards than anybody else, which means we would be remiss if we did not uh, take a moment to look back at the Wizards' first game last night after they fired Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, They do that in the middle of a back-to-back, which is a bit bizarre, but it just kind of was time, and so they do it. And um, I think it's important to point out, because of that, there's not a lot of time to do anything if you're Brian Keefe. You are just simply stuck uh, running everything you've already run. You know, they've talked about this being now a season of discovery and they want to try new things and they want to try different lineups and they want to do all this stuff. You can't do it unless you have at least a film session. You, you don't even have time to do that. It's it's everybody go to bed, wake up, you find out you got a new coach tonight and you go to the arena and then you play ball. Uh, maybe you can install a couple new plays, but there's no there's no tweaking of defensive principles. There's no tweaking of how you're playing offense. You can obviously play some different lineups, uh, which they did last night, um, but there's there's not a whole lot you can do outside of ensure the competitiveness, and that is the big charge for Brian Keefe. The reason Wes Unsell Jr. was dismissed as the head coach, relocated to the front office, is because they were not... Competitive, and there, there was a moment very early in this game where he uh, just uh, Brian Keith was like, "This is this is new. We're not doing this anymore." And a minute and seven seconds into the game, after giving up a transition layup uh, where not enough people hustled back and, and gave a, a, a god's honest effort, and his mind, Brian Keith called timeout, brought everybody together, and said, "No, this is not what we're doing. No muss." Um, and that. Ultimately resulted in them p- playing more competitively. Um, at least that is the way he sees it. He saw it, uh, Anthony. Let's go cut three here. Uh, Brian Keefe afterwards assessing his team's performance.
1: I get, talked with the team in the afternoon, like we, as we usually would on a kind of like a back-to-back situation, and we just were, you know, open with each other. I'll leave that some of what we talked about as a group in there because I think that's important to protect our locker room and what we're doing but we talked about raising our standards and we talked about competing and I really believe I think I saw that tonight Um, even when it didn't look great offensively because we were missing shots we kept competing and that has to be the bar for us going forward it's really important for us You called a timeout 107 into the game (laughs) I did why they got a layup and transition defense. And that is something that cannot be what we're about. And they needed to feel that from me right away. And that's the bar we got to set. And they accepted it. And they understand what we're going to be doing going forward. That that stuff's not going to be tolerated.
0: There is a way to lead. Well, that, that is uncompromising, but not harsh. And those are the best leaders. The best leaders will make sure that you know there is a standard. And if you don't uphold it, you will not be continuing in the role that you have in the organization. That is a basketball team, a football team, a hockey team, a baseball team, a soccer team, a lumber company, a finance uh, tech company, a government job, a whatever. That, hey, you have a job to do. This is how it's going to be done. And we're not going to tolerate any other way of doing it um, or at least a level. Like you can, you can have different ways of going about it. You can have different approaches, but there's a level of professionalism and a level of achievement that we are going to reach on the things we can control. And Brian Keefe established a minute and seven seconds into that game that at the very least for last night, that was going to be enforced in a way that it has not in the past. And that is why he is there and the inability to do that. It's not like you can do that every game. You get to do that once, maybe twice, uh, before it's like, oh, cool, coach, call a timeout again. But when it's your first game, it's important to go about that. And, you know, I, I do think that West probably at times tried to get through that message uh, privately, and the nature of the NBA is you can also do it very publicly, and not necessarily in the press, but we're all watching the games. Uh, you call a timeout, the, the, we all know what's up. And your players got to be less worried about getting embarrassed and more worried about getting the job done. And I think Brian Keefe is a guy who has been such a good development coach over the years and been a part of organizations that have developed young players very well, uh, probably fully understands that. And last night he put his foot down and said, this is, this is what the score is. And, I appreciate that a lot. I came away from that press conference watching Brian Keefe last night, not necessarily going, this is the most dynamic guy, this is the guy that screams head coach, but um, in the ways that we think traditionally about head coaches, and not that Keefe is the guy that is going to be the favorite coming out of the season necessarily, um, but he does sound like a lot of other NBA head coaches, your Nick Nurses and some of your your more modern guys who I think do an excellent job Uh, of managing the locker room, managing situations, and are also just very realistic and kind of plain and blunt um, about the reality of their situations. And I think Michael Winger operates that way. Will Dawkins operates that way. And I can see why it's it's evident to me, I should say, that Keefe comes from a similar background in Oklahoma City, that Spursian type of way of operating that Keefe does as they've all crossed uh, over the years, uh, even if West was the guy who ultimately hired Keefe this offseason. Um, again, there's only so much you can do in one game, but I, I do think I agree with Keefe that in watching last night, the results were not ultimately that different, but they, they like that was a team that by the end looked tired, looked like they were in the middle of a back-to-back. They looked like they were in the middle... Of a coaching search that was, or a coaching change that was emotionally exhausting. I mean, I also think about this you know, these guys found out probably pretty early, and some of them might have found out on Twitter. And it's not how you want to do it, but because of the schedule, because it was a back to back, it's not like they had time to wake everybody up and call, or even like if you're on the road and you're like, hey guys team meeting we're calling everybody's rooms you got 30 minutes meeting the meet in the in the the um the ballroom at 7 30 at the the marriott whatever marquee or the uh, let's be real the four seasons in whatever town you're in in detroit um if, if that were to happen today no these guys played wednesday night went home slept in their own beds and NBA players, because their games start at 7 o'clock and don't end and they don't leave the arena until 10, 10, 30, like they they're, they're a pretty night owl type of schedule. You know, they might not go to bed till 1, 2 in the morning. They, you know, On a night like that, you can get up at you know, 10. I got the email, the official announcement at 8 a.m. So there's just no keeping the secret. So I, I do wonder how emotionally exhausting when the first thing that happens when you wake up is you find out your coach is gone. I mean, it's probably happening in, like, a group chat from Will Dawkins um, or Michael Winger, but it's not like they found out together in a team meeting. So there's a lot of, I would say, like, that stuff evident last night in the game that this was a team that looked like it had tired legs. And I thought Keith uh, did a good job of pointing out, like, their process was good last night. And if you do that and you actually hit shots, I mean, they had 33 assists and only seven made threes tells you that the ball was moving. They were sharing it. They were doing a good job. They just couldn't get any freaking shots. And you insist on 33 baskets when, you know, that's a low number in general. But, you know, you got a lot of makes with very few threes. And um, it tells you that the process is better. Now, moving forward, I think what you see is some of the lineup tweaking, some of the lineup changing. And the ability to play different ways compared to what they have been doing under Wes Unseld. The season of discovery really starts tomorrow against Detroit. And one of that uh, those things that I think is going to be interesting is uh, if Marvin Bagley and Daniel Gafford start to play some minutes together, a la Porzingis and Gafford last year. Very different players, uh, Bagley and Porzingis. But the two-big lineup has been good for Washington uh, in recent history. So, is that something that Brian Keefe will be considering?
1: Um, I think w- everything is always on the table. Uh, we're still learning our group. And we talked about really being in a discovery phase of how to best use the lineups that we have. Um, Marvin's been a great addition for us. He's given us a great spark. So we're, we're thrilled to have him. And he's given us something we haven't had. A guy who can really offensive rebound, good score. And he's shown some good stuff on the defensive end, protecting the rim. So I think all that stuff is definitely on the table. but. We, I was pleased with our process tonight. You know, we didn't shoot the ball well. I think we had 33 assists, and we only made 7-3. So, like, for that's good. We played at the pace that we wanted to. If we made those shots, it would have been right there. But, again, I was proud of our resilience within the game. That was that was
0: really important to me tonight. We'll see if they can get better results. Obviously, Detroit's not very good. Uh, they did beat the Wizards last time, so we'll see if they can get a better result Tomorrow, uh, that game again at noon uh, in Detroit to kick off the weekend for the old Zardos. Uh, When we get back here on the Hoffman Show, uh, a little bit more NBA, but let's go league-wide. The NBA's All-Star starters are out. Shocker, no Wizards there. We know Kyle Kuzma, the closest to making the team, but wasn't particularly close. Um, But now that we know the starters, who got snubbed? and also one of the funniest quotes I've seen from an NBA player in a long time on a teammate who got stumped. Uh, That is next on the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app.